0: Hello and welcome back to the Grace Fueled Wife Podcast. I'm your host Beatrice Vargas, and this week we're going to talk about something that I've actually had a lot of resistance about uh, sharing and or really getting into. Every time I sit down to record this episode, I've just been met with blank. And for me, this feeling of blank is something that really makes me pause because I don't record without really a sense of what is the spirit asking me to say at this time. I really try not to just throw episodes out there and just talk about whatever feels good or whatever's right. Everything that I talk about, I try to make sure it's spirit filled. And sometimes we get into these places where we we feel empty and you're just like, God, what am I supposed to do? I know you called me to do this thing. You called me to step Forward in this thing. And here I am trying to step forward in obedience, and I'm met with nothing. And then we have days like today. And I sat down, I recorded the episode, and as I opened up my computer to start editing, I found this review on the podcast, which pretty much brought me to tears. So I want to share the review with you because I think it's such a beautiful way that God speaks to us and lets us know it's okay move forward, step forward, keep saying yes, keep being obedient. And the review says thanks. Thanks for sharing your story. I'm proud of you and I don't know you. Proud of you for just doing it and following God. Whether you reach 1,000 people or 1 million, you may significantly change a life or save a marriage. I just started listening last night and immediately found peace. I already changed my attitude. I decided to give grace when I really didn't think he was right. And me not sitting in woe is me actually made me see my faults. Also, treating them like idiots doesn't make them hear us, just makes it worse. You gave me new advice and reminded me of things I knew already. Thanks for letting Jesus feed you and blessing us with what you've learned. Thank you, thank you, thank you to whoever sent this review because you guys may not understand, but I read all of these reviews and sometimes it is just a little push to keep going forward because this work that I do here behind the podcast mic is a difficult work, (laughs) not just emotionally. It doesn't just cost my time and my energy and my money that it costs to actually host a podcast because it is not free to host a podcast. It costs me money to do that, but it is just the the emotional toll that it takes. And finally, I feel like I have enough that uh, God has given me to talk about on this subject and I'm finally ready to share it. So let's talk about what does it actually cost to save your marriage? Let's jump right in. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty struggling to connect with your husband. Maybe you're telling yourself you're just sticking it out for the kids and what really keeps you in the marriage is God. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you reconnect in marriage and feel cherished again. Hey, I'm Beatrice, a Jesus-loving wife and mom. I've been married for 15 years, but for the past 10, I've actually had the affectionate and connected marriage I've always dreamed of. What happened the first five years? Well, I was busy telling my husband all the things he was doing wrong, like how he needed Jesus and he needed to make me happy. We tried marriage counseling, small groups, all the things we were told that would make our marriage better nothing worked and we separated. How did I turn it around? Well, that's what you'll learn in this podcast. Proven skills to communicate better, create more intimacy, and be a grace-fueled wife. So if you're ready to finally communicate effectively with your husband so you can stop fighting and be on the same team again, this podcast is for you. Now grab that journal and let's jump right in. Hey, 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 welcome back. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you, if you are feeling like you need a resource, if you were looking for a way to save your marriage, maybe that does not involve marriage counseling or having your husband right there with you for whatever reason, maybe you wanted to start working on that on your own, or maybe he is just not around and not willing to do the work with you, Well, then the grace-fueled marriage method might just be for you. This is what we do with this method. We learn to really work on and save our marriages on our own, the best that we can do on our own, understanding that, of course, it would be great if our husbands were 100% on board with working on the marriage or saving the marriage or making the changes that we wish he would make. That would be lovely, but that's not always the case. And that's actually why I created the program, because I don't know about you, but that's the place that I was and I just needed to start on something. So why don't you go check it out? com. That's com. OK, so if we are going to talk about what does it cost to save your marriage? The first thing that comes up for me is that when Uh, There is a cost to something that means that there is some sort of sacrifice back in the Old Testament. God required some sort of sacrifice, right, to be made right with Him for sins to be forgiven, even to be part of the covenant. the, The men, the Jewish born men, they had to be circumcised, so they had to give up or sacrifice something to be part of this covenant with God. Now In the New Testament, we no longer have to do that. In the New Testament, we no longer have to sacrifice, right? What we're sacrificing is essentially we're giving up our lives to Jesus. We're giving up our sins to him and we're giving all of that to him. And then he takes the burden and we are forgiven and saved through that. So I just wanted to paint that picture and give you that lens so that you understand that when we are in covenant, a covenant requires a sacrifice. And that is going to be, you know, a daily, weekly, monthly sacrifice, whether it was in the Old Testament, sacrifices were continually required in the New Testament with our salvation in Jesus. We accept Jesus once and we are saved. But there is this constant um sacrifice of dying to the flesh, right? It's a constant process really of sanctification. So not that we're saved by our works, but what we're doing is we're continually throwing off the flesh, right? Our, our old selves and putting on our new clothes. God has given us new clothes. And what we're trying to do really is to walk in that. So that's the lens and the picture that I wanted to paint for you in this, that once we are in a covenant of marriage, There is sacrifice involved, and there's going to be sacrifice involved all through the marriage, how you speak to each other, things that you have to give up. You can't do all the things that you were able to do when you were single, right? Even when you become a parent, right? There's things that you have to give up. There's sacrifices that we make. And these are things that we make when everything is well and good and happy and lovely. But what happens when the marriage actually starts to deteriorate, starts to crumble, starts to fall apart, all of a sudden the amount of sacrifice that we need to give to hold it together becomes bigger. And as we're talking about what is the cost of saving your marriage, I want that to be this overarching theme because here's the thing. With a title that says what does it cost to save my marriage, I'm gonna venture to say you probably thought, oh maybe we're talking about physical price. And sure, there might be some sort of physical price, uh, maybe for resources or things that you would want to do to save your marriage. But there's so much more than price because price does not equal cost. So we're going to talk about three different things that fall into what does it cost to save your marriage. So the first thing I just mentioned is price, right? If I have $10, can I save my marriage with $10, which is pretty funny or silly even. And I think when we think about price, there is, uh, can you do it for free? Yeah. I mean, you can just get the Bible app on your phone, you know, or maybe I'm sure everybody has listening to this podcast has a Bible at home and you can sit there and read through the whole thing and like really sit with God, um, in terms of having him reveal to you, like, what are the things in my marriage? Like, what am I doing? But certainly for myself in my story, my Bible was the only resource I had available to me. I think I maybe read three other books. So it was just three books and my Bible. You know, maybe those books were $15 each. So maybe that's $45 in my Bible, which I already had. And that's that's all that I physically paid. Uh, the the price, that is the only physical dollar price that I paid uh, in that time of Saving my marriage or doing whatever it is I I felt God calling me to do at that time. Now, is there more that we can do? Sure. Marriage therapy, the average session is $200 a session. Maybe you have insurance and the copay, maybe say the average copay is about $30 for the average copay. The price of a marriage coach is going to be about the same as marriage therapy and the price of another resource let's say like the grace field marriage method is going to be less expensive than uh, what the marriage therapy sessions are so those are what you know on average a physical price that you can expect now here's the thing that i do like to bring up if we don't do that if we have the resources available to us and don't see the value in investing in those other things that we might be able to do like marriage therapy or counseling or whatever, for instance, the opposite or the uh, cost to that might be bigger than we even think. And this is going back to this idea of price versus cost. What do I mean by that? I mean that I had the resources available to me. It wasn't even like I didn't have the money. So I would have spent the money if I had them. Um, And just didn't, you know, understand at the time that maybe going to counseling on my own could have helped me better in my marriage. I just didn't understand what is it that I was missing and that I needed to do uh, and what I might be able to invest my own money in at the time. And so instead I did nothing. And what was the alternative for that? The alternative for that, for me, at least in our story, was that my husband moved out. And I live in New York City, so I don't know about you guys. It doesn't matter where you live in the country, the cost of a one bedroom apartment or maybe a house or whatever, if your husband decides to move out or you decide to move out and leave, it did the research and the average is anywhere from $800 a month to $2,500 a month across the U.S. So if we take, let's say on average, $1,500 a month times 12 months, that is $18,000 a year would be the very minimal cost of separation, not to mention now you have separate electricity bills and and gas, and maybe there's taxes, and now you have separate groceries, and um, you're paying for separate cars or whatever. So there's all these additional costs that happen, or the price of you actually being separated is so much greater than if we were to actually invest in the things in the beginning to be more proactive. Kind of the same idea as if you go to the doctor, you don't want to go to the doctor, invest in your health, invest in healthy food, maybe, you know, going to the gym or, or doing the things that would keep your body healthy. And you're like, yeah, I just can't do that. And then what happens is later years down the line, now you have all these ailments and sicknesses that ultimately cost you more. So there's that idea. If we talk about price versus cost. The other thing is the value of a dollar, right? Wealthy people think about money differently. I don't remember where I actually saw this analogy, but it was this idea that a wealthy person, you know, let's say there's like me, a normal person, and then maybe there's a really wealthy person. You go into a store and you go to buy a cup of coffee and that cup of coffee costs $5. Well, the average person will just think about the $5 that they're paying to buy the coffee. Was the wealthy person thinks about it a little differently. They don't just think about the $5 for the coffee. They think about what this $5 could mean for me in the future. If it was saved, it was this, it was that. And that's how they make their decision as to whether or not they're going to just spend the $5 or use that money for something else. It's this idea of opportunity cost is that my money today is not just worth the money that it is today. It's worth... The, the money that it could be if I invested it somewhere else. So that going back to that idea of the price that we pay, the actual physical dollars that we pay to save our marriage today, there's this idea that that price might be different if we think about what the alternatives could be. So that's the first thing of what it costs to save your marriage, right? There's the physical. Price and the second thing, and I think this is where I had the most uh, resistance in recording this episode. Where every time I went to sit down and record, I was just like, oh, I was met up against a wall. The second thing that it really does cost to save your marriage is your vulnerability, and the reason why that is so difficult is because you are probably in a space where you no longer feel safe in your marriage. Not to say that you're in an abusive marriage and maybe he's going to do something that would physically hurt you. But if you are in a place where your heart is broken, then it becomes very difficult to be vulnerable. And here's why. It's because when our heart is broken, we don't feel safe. That pain of heartbreak, that is a violation to our safety. And in order to be able to feel vulnerable we have to be able to feel safe and so there's this like pushing and pulling and we're stuck in the middle of well, we know we should do this thing which is be vulnerable to increase our intimacy and get closer with our husband but at the same time our heart is broken and the brokenness, the broken heart doesn't need to even be a result of something big. It doesn't need to be a result of some big betrayal or infidelity or anything like that. Now, I know for a lot of you, that's the place that you're in, but it it could be something so simple as you are just you're feeling hurt because you're feeling unseen, unheard, maybe things that he is saying or doing is inadvertently triggering some old trauma for you. And this is actually what has helped me kind of break the wall and really understand what it was that I was feeling that I was trying to articulate for you guys is that currently right I'm not in a place where I'm having this broken heartedness in my own marriage we have a great marriage but even now even still sometimes there's things that come up that trigger these old trauma responses in me and vice versa and sometimes it takes me a while to be able to sit back and say, wait, whoa, wait a minute. Why did that trigger me? What, what did that bring up for me? And how can I be different? How can I now go humble myself and apologize to my husband for the way I just responded, reacted, rather not responded, but the way I reacted, uh, because now I understand where that came from. But that really, that ability to do that comes from a place of vulnerability not just with your spouse but also with yourself being able to sit back and say okay what did this bring up for me why is this so upsetting for me Uh, what did he say or do what does this remind me of why was this my initial reaction those sorts of things when we can understand that when we can start to understand for ourselves, oh, wait a minute. These things come up for me that really bother me when in reality, that's not what's going on. And vice versa, when we start to not only see them for ourselves, we can also even start to see them for our husbands and start to bring that up for them as well and let them know and be able to give them language for it and help them to articulate that and then it really helps us to have empathy on their end because we're now doing that work for ourselves and we can have empathy for them and so that's what this idea of finding the ability to be vulnerable that's where that comes from that comes at a great cost Because what happens, what happens if we are vulnerable and that is not met with care? Well, then we're hurt again. And like, our brain doesn't want to do that. Our brain is like, its sole function is to protect us. So it doesn't want us to be vulnerable, but God's word says that we should be. So uh, this actually came up in my Facebook group today and actually came up in my verse of the day and it's just like I felt so... You know, when God gives you like a God wink and you're just like, oh, thank you, God, that that's actually what I needed today. And the verse is in Romans 12, 2, and the NLT version says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And the NIV says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I love that because it's this idea of what does the pattern of this world tell us? The pattern of this world tells us that we need to protect ourselves. The pattern of this world tells us that, well, he's done it before it's going to happen again or uh, I'm guilty even of saying this uh, because it's true on on many levels it's true that uh, when a person uh, this is a quote by to- Tony Morrison which I, I'm pretty sure it was Toni Morrison which I love and the quote is when a person shows you their true colors believe them and it's so true right it's so often when we've been hurt by people we have to that's part of the boundaries and having healthy boundaries is when a person hurts us we need to understand that that is uh, they've already shown us our true colors but being vulnerable with our husband is understanding that we make mistakes and you know if uh, let's say he made a mistake or you made a mistake and we come back to each other in repentance that's again part of that sacrifice coming back to each other in repentance well then That requires a certain level of vulnerability and that is really what it takes to start getting down to the place of having a really healthy and intimate marriage. The last piece that I think it takes from us or costs from us in order to save our marriage is probably the most difficult and this one is surrender. Surrender so let's say we pay whatever physical price it is to save our marriage whatever your budget or your resources allow for and that's what you try to do and then once you've done that then you go and you do the work to get vulnerable whether that be with your husband with your self and maybe in your journaling and sitting before god and really opening up yourself and being vulnerable with him maybe that is with um a a third party Counselor or a coach or somebody else, and you're working through that. Now, a lot of the trauma stuff, you're going to do that with a counselor. That is not the sort of thing that you would work on with a coach. Just be open and honest and clear about that. When you're going through, maybe if you're realizing that there's a lot of trauma stuff that you have going on, that you're going to want a counselor who is actually trained in that Um, a coach is not necessarily trained Uh, some coaches are also um, licensed counselors but for the most part they're not trained in that sort of thing so you do want to understand what's the difference there but whatever that looks like for you whoever it is you have now made this sacrifice to be vulnerable with and maybe it's all three and maybe you're taking this time to learn and grow from this place of vulnerability with all three then what Then what happens? Are you going to just snap your fingers and it magically is great? Or I mean, how does this work? And so the thing that becomes very difficult after all that is that after that, the next step is to simply surrender. And what I mean by that is it's surrendering the outcome to God. If we are truly being vulnerable with our God, then we are saying to him, I have done everything that I can. I have done you know everything that I can to really open up to you have bared my soul to you Lord I'm working coming back to you every day for the renewing and transforming of my mind well then the next step is simply to surrender the outcome to God and understanding that God is sovereign and so however the situation will play out after that is okay It may be hurtful, it may be whatever, but God is going to bring us through these dark times. And maybe for you, it means that, oh my goodness, thank the Lord, my marriage is restored. And maybe for other people, it means that your husband is in a place where he's not ready, right? It might mean, I've seen uh, places where the husband was so far gone and uh, where he needed to do, become vulnerable and do his own healing uh, in terms of counseling and things of that nature. And he needed to still separate. So even though the, the wife had been healed, the husband had not yet been healed and was not ready to come back into the marriage into a place where they can be together. But whatever that looks like for you is is surrendering that outcome and saying, okay, God, whether or not he comes back to me and my marriage is fully restored, or we separate or he stays out and God does a work in him and then maybe he comes back later, or maybe it's it's God doing you a mercy and taking him out of your life because maybe whatever that was going on was really going to just be so hurtful and detrimental to you. Whatever that is, it's understanding that God is sovereign. And that takes a great deal of surrender. That takes a great deal of trust to sit there and say, I am going to stop controlling the outcome or stop trying to control the outcome. Because in the end, we can't. We can't control the outcome. We can't control our husbands. We can't control anybody else. And so the, the hardest cost, I think, um, as you can see, they get they get more and more difficult, right? The price is like, oh, it's okay. It's a couple of dollars, It's a couple hundred dollars. It's a couple, you know, depending on how long you're in therapy it could be couples of thousands of dollars. But the idea is the, the easiest thing to part with is our money. And then it becomes a little bit harder when we have to think about, oh, maybe now I got to part with my my vulnerability and my safety. That's really, di- that that is like, you know, if money is like leveled one or two like your vulnerability you're talking about a level seven or eight right but then that surrender that surrender you are talking about level 10 cost because that is completely saying okay god you take it all but that isn't that what he's looking for from us isn't that what he calls us to do so so often is really just to trust in him and so in all my resistance for coming up with this episode for you this week, I'm glad that it has rounded out and come full circle into this one beautiful, complete message. And that's that in the end, it all starts and ends with God. And I really, truly hope that this episode was an encouragement to you guys. As always, you know where to find me. And if this meant anything to you, please share it with a friend or just reach out to me, get into our group or something like that so we can talk about it further. I love you guys and until next week. Hey, love, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you found any value in it, any teaching, any transformation, I encourage you to share it with a friend. Click the link, go ahead and share it with a friend, text it to somebody, share it on Instagram, tag me at the Wife any of those things, or maybe even write a review. All those things are really the best way that you can thank me. And it helps the show to get found by other amazing women just like you. I love you. And I'll see you on Tuesday for another episode of The Grace Fueled Wife.